Welcome to the Sword and Trial. Sword and Trial is a podcast of Founders Ministries, and Founders exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. I'm Tom Askell. And I'm Graham Gundon. And it has been a minute since we have been with you. Actually, it's been uh, several minutes, like mm-hmm. four weeks or so since mm-hmm. our last podcast was able to be dropped. And I think the reason it didn't drop on that Tuesday was because there was a Category 4 hurricane bearing down on Southwest Florida. That's right. Well, well we thought bearing down on... Uh, West Florida. Yeah, West Florida, Tampa, maybe even the Panhandle, but uh, God curved it in uh, so that it just came right over us. Mm -hmm. It's been an interesting, what, 20 days now that we're recording this, 20, 21 days since then. And we hope to get this podcast out this week. But a lot of things have happened uh, over these last three to four weeks that have altered our lives and altered the way that we operate. Mm Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do what we could as quickly as we could to get another podcast out. We're grateful that Hannah uh, Ellis, who is our podcast, whatever you, engineer, producer. producer, whatever, she's the one that makes the magic happen so that this actually gets recorded. We're grateful she could do that because she and her husband, Ryan, have been displaced by the storm, so they're no, not able to live in the home they were living in. They're, they're trying to get all their possessions out. They've got a lot of it packed out, and they've had to go live elsewhere. So uh, pray for Hannah. Pray for all of our, our staff, all the team here at Founders. Everybody has been affected in uh, different ways, but all have had to do without power and without AC and different things for different lengths of time. And we are slowly kind of getting back online. In fact, we weren't sure we'd be in the studio today. We decided we were going to do this maybe in the church building or somewhere else uh, just to begin again to communicate with the folks that are partners with us here at Founders. So welcome. We're glad to be able to come to you from Southwest Florida today. So, Tom, you um, you actually were not here in Cape Coral when the storm hit. That's right. I was on vacation in the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing my best to kind of keep my phone turned off so I wouldn't know what was happening and wouldn't have to uh, cut short my vacation, but but that didn't occur. You know, there was there was question in your mind before you left uh, as the storm was coming. You're like, should I go? Should I not go? And, of course, all the elders are like, no, Tom, you need to go. You need yeah. a vacation. You need a rest. And then... The storm started started to change direction, and you had already left, or were uh, at the airport. And uh, one of our elders was saying, "You know, this might be like Charlie." And I'm like, "Hold it, guys! Let's not <laughs> let's let's cool to talk about Charlie till Tom gets to his destination." Well, of course, it was way worse than Charlie. Oh yeah, you know the interesting thing is it did take a very similar track to Charlie. Mm-hmm. Charlie was 2004. It was also a Cat Four, almost Cat Five hurricane. <clears throat> but uh, Charlie, you could fit inside the eye of. Uh, what we just experienced with Ian. Ian was massive. Massive and slow. Slow. Charlie was small, intense, and fast. Yeah. And so they expected a lot of storm surge with Charlie that didn't happen because it just didn't linger Mm -hmm. long enough. But, man, we were in Colorado, as you said, in um, the Rocky Mountains, and we had no Wi-Fi where we were. But we did have 5G, you know, pretty good data Mm -hmm. uh, connection. And it's it's funny, Don and I, we set up a little – Kind of like a command center, you know. We, at one time, I think we had five screens open between iPads, computers, and phones, and we using phones as hotspots. And we were able to watch the local news uh-huh. here in Fort Myers, Cape Coral, when you Which guys none couldn't. Of us were able yeah, to you do. had no access to it. Everything's yeah. knocked out here, uh-huh. and so we're watching this and relaying information to folks in Cape Coral. It 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 really was at the time we didn't recognize just how providentially beneficial yeah. it was. Uh, but it was strange because we have a group of our men have a, a group text 
chat and the ladies have a group text mm-hmm. chat. Donna was able to communicate with them. I was able to communicate with our elders mm-hmm. text chat and uh, also with the men periodically. Uh, so we were able to tell you, yeah, the storm's about to hit here. The eye's about to come now. Sorry, you're not going to experience the calm of the eye. You're going to experience probably 10 hours of, of changing winds and nonstop rain. And Yeah. Um, well, you know, interestingly, uh, we lost power pretty early. Lost cell, I lost all cell service really early. My wife still had a little bit. So every once in a while, she'd get a text from Donna. But it would come <laughs> two, four hours late. And so <laughs> we had right. some information, but it was pretty delayed. Yeah, that was uh, interesting, too. People would be answering questions asked three hours earlier. And you say, oh, no. Three days what? earlier yeah, sometimes. That, yeah, yeah, after the storm. That was true. So it was interesting to, that God did that. So, we, yeah, we got to Colorado uh, Monday afternoon and by that time it looked like man this storm is coming toward us that's what the predictions had changed and it began to be more and more refined by tuesday they're saying southwest florida hunkered down and tuesday evening they're saying cape coral uh you're gonna get hit you're Mm -hmm. gonna get hit hard so it was hard for us to enjoy uh, anything. M- <laughs> yeah. Monday we did drive around a little bit, Rocky Mountain National Park, and uh, but but it was we had no cell service there, so that was good. But it was just in our minds we're here in Cape Coral. Tuesday we didn't we didn't leave mm-hmm. the cabin. We stayed there. We set up our command center on the couch, and uh, we're in communication. And all Tuesday night we're praying, and uh, Wednesday the same thing until the local news channel went out that we were watching. They got flooded. They got hit. Mm-hmm. And it just they just went off air without warning, and then we we had to rely on some of the national uh, forecasters, which aren't no. nearly as good. You know, no. <laughs> they're they're all about the ratings at that yeah. point. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, then we were able to get, we praise God for the kindness of Delta. Uh, I spent hours on the phone with them trying to get back, and they told us, "Oh no, no, no! It's going to cost you like sixteen hundred bucks, you know, to to get tickets back." And uh, but God gave us favor with. Um, one particular man who worked hard and he said, we will change your tickets to return Friday at no charge. Mm -hmm. And so, man, we did that. And then we discovered the airport was not operable uh, here in (laughs) Southwest Florida. So we had to change them again and we're able to get back Friday about noon or so, I think maybe a little earlier, but had to catch a red eye. So we left Mm -hmm. like 1230 Friday morning and um, got into Fort Lauderdale and have a friend over there who said, I'll pick you up, drive you to Cape Coral. So we landed in Fort Lauderdale, bought gas, bought uh, new gas cans, which if you haven't bought a new gas can lately, just know the makers of them are very proud. And uh, it's one more illustration. I'm going to write an article about this, I think, about the the gas cans, the new gas cans, and all the safety measures to protect the consumer and the environment. That at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're trying to put gas in a generator – uh, more gas is going on the environment and the consumer that is going in the generator. <laughs> You're tempted to curse the federal government for all its regulations mm-hmm. and protecting us from ourselves, you know. Um, but anyway, we bought as many supplies as we could stuff into this SUV and drove back and got here uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, uh, it's just heartbreaking driving through to see the devastation. Mm-hmm. It was really, really hard. So, but you guys lived through it, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you were in your home. Yeah. Yeah, you know, is we were having staff meeting on, on Monday morning, two days before the storm. We we're thinking, should we should we not come into the office on Tuesday, Wednesday? Oh, let's, <laughs> let's just close it down for a few days. And even Tuesday morning, my wife and I were considering, should we put boards on the windows or not? <laughs> I don't know. It might not be that severe. And it's just you, these storms are so unpredictable. That's you right. don't know where they're going to go. 
we decided to do that in the rain and uh come wednesday i was very very grateful i did um you know as like i said earlier it was a very slow moving storm and so the wind starts to pick up um in the morning wednesday morning and it's just you know gets to 140 mile per hour sustained winds and just for hours and we were in the home for about 10 hours straight and just that kind of wind for for that long you know it's enough to drive you crazy but the um <laughs> what made it the the worst was uh we have a canal in our backyard yeah. uh, that's connected to the Caloosahatchee River which goes into the Gulf and all day we were just watching the water flow up that canal which is usually very low um and our house is about 11 feet above sea level we're just watching the water flow up that canal and eventually late afternoon it overflows the banks of the canal and then it starts <sighs> creeping up the backyard and there's a drain that goes from our front yard to the canal. And so the water starts coming up that drain and it's filling the front yard and it goes over the road. It covers the road, just starts coming up to our, our front door. So our house was just like a little Island. And, you know, I was going to try and get out and do something about it. But at, you know, at the point, at that point, the, the winds do? are so strong and there's limbs coming down all over the place, things blowing all over the place. So it's not safe to do anything. And so it's just, you, you feel helpless. Yeah. You, know, you can't do anything. And, and praise the Lord. He just, you know, stopped the waters about eight thirty at night and they began to recede. And, but, um, about six o'clock or so is when we had family worship and probably the sweetest time of family worship we ever had. You know, it's probably the, the height of the storm about yeah. that time. And we read Psalm 46 and we sang a mighty fortress and it was, you know, the boys, my little boys, you know, three in one, they just singing their little hearts out. And, um, but it was a wonderful time just being able to uh, express and manifest our trust in the Lord in the midst of that, that storm. And praise the Lord, our home came out with minor damage. Yeah. Um, most of the homes in my area were flooded, uh, roofs torn off, uh, things like that. But, but the Lord protected us, protected our family. Um, the church building at Grace Baptist Church took some damage, uh, mm-hmm. but we were able to meet there for worship yeah. uh, in, inside. Two days ago. Yep. Yeah, two days ago. Um, but you know, these past three Sundays since the storm have been some of the sweetest times of worship, I yeah. think in the history of our church, at least since I've been here. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And it, and it, to hear the stories, they're just incredible. Uh, we, we didn't put any coverings on our windows at all. Mm-hmm. And so Donna and I just resolved, you know, when we saw the storms track right over us and, uh, watch the wind gauges on the reports, we just resolved, look, our house undoubtedly is going to be severely damaged if it survives at all uh, because you break a, a window and wind gets in and then everything goes chaotic. You yeah. Know? I mean, the pressure, the just, roof off. Yeah. And we just, we fully expected that. So we resigned ourselves to that and we came back and it's, you look at our house, got a lot of trees and many of the trees are down and it just, they're just crisscrossed <laughs> yeah. around the house. It's, I mean, we took pictures. It's really phenomenal. I wish we could have had an aerial photo. Uh, it's like somebody just directly laid the, trees down and we're talking about 18 inch 24 inch diameter trees yeah. snapped in two yeah and yet when they fell you know they, they would fall right where the house is not mm. and you look at it and you think well, and another one would fall in this direction from further back and would land short of the house and um it, it anyway god was incredibly kind and merciful to us he didn't have to do that and there are many people that didn't experience uh it as um, beneficially as we did and we people in our church lost their houses or just mm-hmm. wiped out and uh, you know I, one story we heard not the first Sunday after the storm but the second Sunday I one of our ladies had to swim out of her house mm-hmm. in five feet of water mm-hmm. in the middle of the storm yeah you know I, it's uh, those types of stories uh, we have some first responders in the church and 
they'll never be able to unsee mm-hmm. some of the horror uh, that they have seen in, in the loss of human life. Um, there's a, a church, Sanibel Community Church. Uh, Jeremy Rennie is a pastor there, a good man. Been there about three years, I think, two or three years. And um, I met with their church the Monday after the storm in Fort Myers. They're they're going to have to start a new church in Fort Myers. They're going to mm-hmm. re, reconstitute, I think. Uh, their plan is they're going to start meeting in Fort Myers. They, nobody has anything left in Sanibel. Mm-hmm. And their hope is to reconstitute as a church and then plant a church in Sanibel maybe in two or three years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. James City out on Pine Island Road, incredible uh, loss there. So you look at that and, and there's been great loss. Many people lost their lives. Uh, the death count initially, our sheriff said it'll be in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. And Governor DeSantis said, well, that's not confirmed. And true, it's not confirmed, but I understand that it's it's climbing and probably more than a hundred for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and that the, the sheriff probably will be accurate in his predictions because there are some people that uh, they haven't heard from that mm-hmm. they don't expect to hear from yeah. because of just being taken out to the Gulf and their bodies being lost. So lots of uh, lots of loss and yet lots of blessings mm-hmm. in the midst of it. You, know, you talking about uh, your family worship well, that Sunday after the storm we. We just kind of basically, some people sat, but a lot of people stood in a little fellowship area, you know, or mm-hmm. of our church. We, I don't know how many, two or 300 people at least packed in there, like sardines, even spilling out outside. Very brief, dark, no lights available to us. Uh, singing, praising God. And then last, the Sunday after that, we met on the parking lot, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. To And people didn't want to leave, hundreds of people gathering for that. And then two days ago, meeting in our building which is not right yet but was habitable with the uh, uh, probably record-breaking numbers yeah probably so yeah, yeah i think so i think so and so man praise the lord Confe- people coming to christ mm-hmm. you know uh, through the storm and uh, witnessing to neighbors and and business owners locally yeah lots of good stories like that so we see god's hand at work in and through it all, and I've tried to think through, okay, what are some lessons? You know, what are some lessons that we've learned? I, that, that Sunday we met in the parking lot, I preached Psalm 119, verse 71. It says, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes, your precepts. So, yeah, that's always true. You know, God teaches us things when we are afflicted. Affliction shows us our weakness, shows us our dependence, shows us our frailty. And it's only when we see ourselves as we really are that we can learn uh, the ways of Christ the way we should. So you, what would be some of the blessings? People say, hey, Graham, you know, what, what are some good lessons that God's taught you yeah. through this thing? Yeah, well, um, one of the blessings is um, relationship with neighbors, just next-door neighbors, yeah. um, and the way that we've been able to help one another. Um, some of which I had great relationship with before, but it's increased, some of which, you know, we're not, not the greatest relationship, but have become better and have yeah. healed some. Um, one of my neighbors who is not a Christian by any means um, would readily say that. Um, I think she she heard me say, praise the Lord, so many times during the recovery that when the power came on, I heard her say, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were without power for 10 days and um, and just getting the opportunity to, to speak uh, with non-believers about um, the grace of God mm. through all through this. 
um, the way in which um, the church has come together yeah. and the fellowship, the sweet fellowship there in the congregation. You talk about the, the worship service, certainly, um, but the way that we've been able to serve one another, uh, pray with one another, uh, speak about the things that the Lord has taught us through the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... You you stand you stand and watch a storm like that come through your neighborhood, uh, and in the middle of the storm, I mean you you're overcome with feelings and thoughts that you don't have otherwise, um, just of helplessness, just um, awe at the sheer power mm-hmm. of God that He can do this, yeah. um, and it's not hard for Him to do, and you're you you you're forced to realize, and this is the grace of God, you're forced to realize that. You know, I, I can't do anything. I yeah. can't do anything. I have to trust God. And in fact, that's the best place for me to be is just trusting God and not trusting in myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's true, isn't it? That we're never more dependent upon God at any moment than in other moments. Mm-hmm. You know, he gives us air in our lungs. He keeps our heart beating. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true every moment of our lives. But he gives us those moments that make us more aware yep. of our dependence upon him. And it's good. Those are those are good lessons because he proves his faithfulness. He's always faithful, mm-hmm. but he demonstrates his faithfulness in those moments where you just realize if God doesn't save, if God doesn't help, we're lost. Yeah, we have nowhere else to go. And that's a those are sanctifying experiences. Uh, another thing that I've seen that is with his faithfulness through other people. He uses means. He uses prayer. So mm-hmm. many people have prayed for us. We pray for ourselves and other folks, and we've seen God answer those prayers. And then the outpouring of support. Um, I the cell service is basically back, but it's still a little bit sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Internet, you know, we get teased with internet at our house. <laughs> oh, it's back. No, it's not. Oh, it's back. You know, so I know it's coming. Uh, the electricity we had we had linemen from all over the nation, thousands mm-hmm. of trucks here staged, ready to work as uh, soon as they could get in to work. And it's God has blessed us incredibly with that. Lots of lessons tied into that in my thinking. But the the Christian friends and churches and even strangers I don't know yeah. that have reached out. I, I would be driving around and sometimes feel my phone buzzing, you know, and I'd look and it'd be. 20 or 30 texts and emails that have been dumped because I hit a spot, you know, where mm. it ended up. And I hadn't been able to respond to all of them, but uh, people have sent supplies. We finally had to start telling people, look, we cannot take any more mm. uh, supplies. We, we've given them away to shelters and to some schools that are in impoverished neighborhoods. Uh, I don't know how many thousands of people that we served here in the community in those days immediately following with food and water and other resources that churches and individuals gave to us. Yeah. So that's, that's been incredibly kind as well. I want to say one other thing that I, I've learned. You, you look at what happened, a Category 4 hurricane, 140-mile-an-hour sustained wind. Some people endured winds for 8 and 10 hours because they were just in our church. They were just mm-hmm. outside the eye. And so all they experienced was the shifting of the wind. Mm-hmm. They never experienced the calm of the eye. And here we are less, you know, the, most people after two weeks had electricity back. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in Nicaragua. No, that doesn't happen in Cuba. No. Nope. So why does it happen in America? Well, it's not because we're so much better than Nicaraguans or Cubans. It's not that at all. It's because of God's grace in this nation that has been a nation that 
was infused with Christian understanding at its foundation and has had uh, more infusions of biblical Christianity along the way, mm-hmm. not, not maybe in a long, long time, 100 years or more, we could argue at least significantly, but nevertheless still has mm-hmm. the testimony of the gospel present. Um, that's God's kindness, and it plays into a lot of the conversation today uh, where we're told, oh, you know, don't, uh, don't thank God for America. Look at America. You know, America's horrible. Look at all the horrible. Well, yeah, every nation has its problems. Ours does too, but there's no doubt God has showered blessings on this land. And even the people who hate God and hate America are standing on the platforms to express their hatred that were built by God's grace through the work of the gospel in this nation. Yeah. So I've seen that clearly. Yeah. The recovery has been um, amazing. Just the fact that we, you know, I had power after 10 days um, was not something that anyone thought was possible. No, that's right. After, after the destruction, the fact that, you know, you could go to a Publix five days after the storm and they were open they had and they had the food. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lowe's had supplies for people to come in and start to make repairs five days after the storm. I mean, that was, that was incredible. And you're right. That doesn't happen in a nation in which um, uh, biblical ethics, biblical um, Morality has not been foundational. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And and I want to say, too, Governor DeSantis here in Florida has done a stellar job. Um, I got to meet the governor last week in in the providence of God. Months, things have been going on in conversations. But uh, I got a phone call on a morning saying, hey, you know, Governor DeSantis' office, and want to thank your church for what y'all are doing and, you know, the way you guys are conducting yourselves. And if we can do anything for you, let us know. And then later I found out he was in Cape Coral. And I said to the guy, well, look, if he's ever back in Cape Coral, I'd like to meet him. So I texted him. I said, I understand the governor's going to be here. So they arranged for me to be invited to a, a small press conference. And I got to meet the governor and tell him, mm-hmm. you know, man, I've been here 36 years. This is the best uh, efforts in recovery that I've ever seen after one of these storms. I, I told one of his staff, uh, I said, I think uh, Governor DeSantis is the poster boy of what God had in mind in Romans 13 mm. when he appoints civil servants to be his deacons to do good yeah. to people because we, we have two bridges that go to barrier islands, one to Sanibel, one to Pine Island. Pine Island is not far from our church. we got members that live on Pine Island and mm-hmm. who are devastated by the, uh, uh, the hurricane. And the Army Corps of Engineers and other federal folks came in right after the storm. So oh, it's going to be months. You know, these oh, this is going to take months to rebuild this. And, and I got the backstory on this. I'll tell you a little bit of it. But one of our local construction uh, companies, a, a man who's been here and his family's been in construction a long time, said, Governor DeSantis, I don't want your help. I don't want your money. I just want you to get out of my way. We're going to rebuild this bridge. And he started doing it. And they said, well, you can't do that. You know, it's not legal. You can't. And he started doing it. And Governor DeSantis said, we're going to help him do it. And he cut the red tape. They got people in place. They rebuilt the bridge to Pine Island in four days. That's it's incredible. Uh, it's Yeah. Yeah. It can't be done. It's going to take months. A guy, another businessman, another construction company uh, in Fort Myers said, I'll rebuild the Sanibel Bridge, which is a mile long, mm-hmm. in 10 days. Oh, it can't be done. Well, again, the governor got resources together. They got a bridge built in 10 days. In 14 days, we got two bridges built to barrier islands mm-hmm. when we were told by experts it was going to take months yep. to do it. 
well, what is that's good. That's good for the people who need to be on their 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 homes, getting back to their homes, getting resources there. Before that, we only had access by boat and helicopters. And yeah. helicopters. It, so, you know, I'm I'm not trying to make more of this than we should, but the Bible tells us that the civil magistrate has been ordained of God for our good. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in the mm-hmm. aftermath of this storm. And I want to praise God for that. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, when you see uh, churches and their generosity, and there's been so much of it, when you see uh, the magistrate operating the way that they ought to operate, mm-hmm. Christians have to recognize that every single one of those resources are from God. That's right. And so when you express gratitude, you need to express gratitude to those people who have been generous, but you need to praise God because God has sent those people to bless you. That's right. That's right. We, we got blessed uh, unexpectedly by the sheepdog disaster recovery, relief. Uh, impact, impact recovery. Yeah, yeah. Re- impact recovery. Uh, a, a man and his wife who had been in our church eight or nine years ago, uh, was involved in this ministry, reached out to my wife and said, hey, you know, we'd like to come help. And so I got in touch with Rafi, and he and his crew came down. I don't know how many dozens yeah. of people camped out at our place for days. In fact, last night, you know, there's some of them still here. And they've gone out into the community, and they've done all kinds of relief work and helping people whose houses have been affected severely by the storm. They've worked night and day the southern baptist disaster relief has been here so you see the yellow shirts all around Mm -hmm. and praise god uh, nobody does it better than Mm -hmm. sbc disaster relief the red cross has been here samaritan's purse i mean all these Mm -hmm. organizations that exist for the very reason you said because god has been so kind and gracious to this nation so man lots of lots of lessons lots of reasons to thank the lord uh, but we still have needs. Uh, we, we're going to have needs going forward for years. One of the things we want to announce is uh, that the Founders Conference, by God's grace, is going forward mm-hmm. in January 2023. I spoke to David Miller, who's one of the pastors over at McGregor Baptist Church in Fort Myers that hosts the conference, and uh, he told me this morning that all their buildings, the integrity of their buildings was maintained. They had a few little things, but they've been worshiping in their main uh, sanctuary, which is where we will hold the conference. And he said, uh, all systems are go. We've talked about the conference. We're looking forward. He said, we are full bore uh, going forward. So if you haven't registered for the Founders Conference, encourage you to do so. Hannah told me today that we're getting close to having to cap uh, the registrations because we do anticipate selling out. We, we anticipated it before the storm. And I, I think more has come in. I know more has come in since the storm. We don't have firm numbers yet. But uh, if you're wanting to come to the conference, come. It's the 40th anniversary of Founders Ministry, so we're going to celebrate that. We're going to have Tom Nettles and Fred Malone, Bill Askell back. We'll have a panel with them. Those are some of the original board members that met uh, back actually in 1982 in November in a prayer meeting that resulted in the first conference in 1983. So you'll hear some of the, the story of that, and then we'll be dealing with the doctrine of man. So I encourage you to sign up for that. So that's that's one uh, area of need is we, we've got a lot of catch up to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're like three or four it's weeks behind quick. now in all of our preparations. So please pray the Lord will help us with that. The church has a lot, <clears throat> a lot to do. We, we've got 
miles to travel in dealing with insurance and figuring out what will be covered, what's not covered, what we what we need to do to get our systems up and running again. Um, you know, we want to make sure everybody who's employed by founders in the church is able to continue on in that. Some of our people have lost their jobs, mm-hmm. uh, and understandably, we've had businesses destroyed yeah. here, and so God spared us that. Uh, we we have we've seen through the storm because of the PayPal controversy, which we've been trying to get off PayPal for the last year at Founders, and we are working now with Dime, and we've been transitioning everything over to Dime for those that want to support us on a monthly basis or regular basis through that type of automated automated system. Uh, but we had a lot of people who uh, dropped support for Founders over the last two or three weeks. And, again, we don't have the firm numbers on that and understand that too. And, and some people just financially tight times. We yeah. get that as well. But if you'd pray that God would sustain founders and IOPT, uh, we've got some wonderful things happening with IOPT. Mm-hmm. We're behind schedule now. We hope to announce it by the end of the year. Uh, by God, God willing, we'll announce it at the conference still, if we can, of uh, new developments there. But just pray that the Lord would sustain us financially. We believe he will. Uh, we, we don't, uh, we're not you know, begging for money. We don't think that uh, we're in danger of not being able to accomplish what he's called us to accomplish, but we know it takes means. And if the Lord's given you means and opportunity to uh, invest with us and partner with us in this ministry, we would greatly appreciate that. And then we, we need the elders of Grace Baptist Church need real wisdom. You know, we're mm-hmm. meeting regularly when we can, trying to think through next steps. What do we do first and how do we help our people? There's there's scam artists around. Have you gotten any of these calls? And mm-hmm. I've been getting phone calls. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you know, we will help you. We're on your street. We and they're just not legitimate uh, mm-hmm. people. And there are there are legitimate people wanting to help too. But but some of our folks are elderly, and they're very uh, liable. They're very um, you know in danger of being taken advantage of. We're trying to mitigate against that and help our people to to navigate all of these um, challenges in um, in ways that will be beneficial for them. And then you got the regular pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, Doesn't stop. Sin still goes on. The mm-hmm. devil still's active and uh, the world still is antagonistic. And so just the regular shepherding work and uh, it can be wearying and, mm-hmm. and God stretched us all. So just pray, pray that the Lord would sustain us and help us. And uh, we know that he will meet all of our needs. And um, if you pray for us, man, you would greatly bless us. Well, been an interesting few weeks. Yeah, it has. It'll it'll be interesting going forward. We anticipate seeing more of God's blessings that come through trials. And we want to do what James says, to count it all joy, mm-hmm. because we know that the Lord is working these things in ways that are going to redound ultimately to his glory. So if you pray for founders, for Graham, for me, for Grace Baptist Church, would you pray that the Lord would help us to steward well uh, all that he's entrusted to us? Because with these trials, he has placed great opportunities and great blessings in our hands, and we don't want to squander those. We want to be those who will use them to the best of our ability for his glory. Well, thank you for joining us today on The Sword and the Trial. We look forward to coming back uh, to you on a more regular basis as God permits and things continue to get back to uh, a functioning uh, normalcy 
around here. Um, I do want to mention, too, we had planned uh, October's Pastor Appreciation Month, and so oh, yeah. we've actually got a, one or two episodes recorded where we were promoting books that we were going to sell at deep discounts for that. We'll somehow get those uh, uh, books available to you again at discounted prices once we're able to, to get Wi-Fi going and Internet going on a more reliable basis and um, and make those sales available to you. So uh, check out founders.org when you get an opportunity. If we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. Thanks for being with us today.